you know, I've, I know I've done a lot of talking this semester, so I'll try to keep it tight. But three things I'd love to share with you as we wrap it up. I'd like to start with thanks. This has been a fabulous class. Fifth period has, I like how eclectic we are and unique. I look around the room. We have lots of different stories, lots of different journeys represented here. And a lot of different personalities, which is great. And actually, for me, that's what makes the best philosophy classes, is when you guys are willing to make it safe and come in and ask real questions, push back, and create good conversation. So thank you for that. It has been a joy to be on the journey with you. Uh, let me do three things. Now you've already heard me say a bunch of different stuff. You know, I did the little lunch thing and I've done chapels and you've listened to me all semester. But I want to take you back to first day of class with the angel army, the, the fiery chariot, chariots all surrounding Elisha, and that prayer, open his eyes so he could see, right? And you know, one of the main things in this class was to help you get a, a worldview that you're willing to own and make, make your own. We've gone through all those different worldviews. We talked about Christ-centered worldview, and then we did the, the painting and the, the chandelier and all those metaphors. Two things with that. One, I hope you got a taste of an authentic biblical worldview. What would it mean to really believe the Bible is the real story? And that's where the book of Acts and Luke and the Gospels really, like, that's our story. But it's a supernatural story. It's like I was saying at the lunch. It's a supernatural story, and we are in it. I think for some of you, and from reading some of the final story stuff already, please don't miss. Like, it's probably like, just in case you missed that this is not a pipe lesson. <laughs> As you head off, Christianity is great, but it's not God. It's a religion that's meant to point you to God. Right? The Bible is an awesome book. It's filled with God's words, but it's not God. Uh, I just, my last, you know, my last words, right, would be don't miss that figure out how to get beyond, bless you, bless you, how to get beyond all the words, all the sermons, all the religion, all that stuff into that real relationship with the living being. Figure That is really a great quest to figure that out so you can really understand what it means to walk with this God on this journey. The other thing I wanted to throw out there for you is this statement. I said it to been saying it to everybody. It kind of end with this one always. I tailor it differently for each class, but this concept of this, it's all about love. <laughs> like at the end of the day, God created us for a loving relationship with him and a loving relationship with each other and the world around us. So to sum it up, love, your, love the Lord your God. So love God. The implication is that you love yourself and then love your neighbor as yourself. So love others. Not to be mean, I'm really not trying to be mean here, but some of you don't love God. Okay. We're being real. Uh, the question I have for you is why? Why don't you love God? What happened? Most five, six, four-year-olds that I talk to are fine 
with a God that loves them and a God that made them, and they're happy to love that God back. It's very likely that you were that when you were five or six. What happened in the last 10 years? Fair enough? Like, something happened where you probably very likely loved God, and now you, you don't. Figure that out. Let's figure that out. <laughs> right? Like, why don't we love this amazing, loving, gracious, kind God? Figure that out. What's holding you back? Some of you don't love yourselves. What happened there? Why don't you love yourself? What lies are you believing that have made it so that you think you can't love yourself? God loves you. He knows everything about you. <laughs> right? And so, has something happened on this journey to you? Or have you, have you done something that makes you think you're unlovable? But it's, it's really hard to give away what you don't have. And so how can you figure out how to love yourself again? To see yourself how God sees you and allow that love to really sink in. Some of you aren't really good at loving other people. <laughs> people are hard to love, let's be honest, right? Often the ones right in our own home are the hardest. Uh, but how do we get to a place where we love people? Like just love people, period. And, and even in spite of or despite who they are. How can we get to a place where we love everybody? That's often hardest with the people sitting right next to us or your roommate or your parents or whatever. <laughs> But we often try to separate those out, and I would love to offer you, like, this quest is the quest. How do we love God, receive God's love, and love ourselves, and then from there love other people? So at the end of a class on worldview, there it is. You know, what is the meaning, the purpose for our existence? Love. And figuring those three things out. But I think it can be really helpful to separate them and to realize I, I think I got my homework for this summer. Gotta figure that out. Figure those things out. I am on that journey. It's taken me 46 years to figure out where I am right now. And I still have a whole bunch to figure out on how to love others and to actually love myself and to really love God. Last word that I would throw out there has to do with this map and this quest thing. Um, I think this is the best way to do life. The best way to figure out my journey. I've got, I'm halfway done probably, maybe even more than halfway done. But I want to challenge you with this word. And I think some of you might think I'm joking. Hopefully by now you know me enough that I, I don't joke about this kind of stuff. I teach this stuff. I live this stuff because I really truly believe it is the best option. If you, on your journey, find a better option, can you promise to tell me? No offense, but you're kind of being a jerk if you don't, right? If you've got a better way to do life, let me know, because guess what I'll do? I'm not kidding, I will convert. You tell me, find me a better worldview, a better way to do the next 30, 40 years, I'll teach my kids, I'll convert, and I'll change what I teach. I, I really mean that. Fair enough? <laughs>
people like Lewis and Chesterton and Mr. D and so many other people are living this way because we really believe it's the best way and we've checked out as best we can these other ways, right? So if you find something better, let me know, right? And when it boils down to this quest thing, one of the things that makes it so rich and enjoyable is this, this journey for authentic discipleship, like really building the kingdom. But did anybody, bless you, <laughs> did anybody in their quest and journey thing have a story where the main character gets to talk to the author or the director? Right? Can you imagine Frodo? It's like, hey, uh, hey, Tolkien. I'm here at Rivendell, and uh, should I take the ring or not? And Tolkien's like, yeah, yeah, take the ring, Frodo, I got you. Like, yeah, that sounds really weird, doesn't it? Hamlet talking to Shakespeare. Or imagine Shakespeare himself walking on stage. Hey, Ophelia, hey, over here, like, let's have coffee. And you're like, what? Authors and directors don't get into the story like that, right? Guess what story you're in? You're in one where 2,000 years ago, the author walked into the story. Really weird. Pretty cool. Not only that, if you want to, guess what you and I can do? We're in the story. Guess what we get to do? Yeah. Live it and talk to the author. He's with us in it. You can talk to God as he's writing the story with you. You don't have to do that. Some of you don't think it's possible. Some people... Don't even believe it. I'm like, fine. And you just get to sit back and let the story be written. <laughs> and you're in it. You have that opportunity. That's part of why we do this journey thing at the end. You have the opportunity to partner with the author in writing this story that you're in. That's cool. The reason why we don't see that a lot is it's hard to pull off in the stories that we write or watch. Yeah? All right, thanks for listening. I took seven minutes, sorry. <laughs> Went a little long. Uh, let me pray for us and we'll move on. Lord, thank you for this journey. Thanks for being a God who right now, I remember at the first day of class praying and pausing and saying, this is really weird if it's not true. I'm talking to the air. I'm like talking to the sky. I'm talking to some God who doesn't exist. Or like we just said, I'm talking to the author of the true myth of this story and you have ears and eyes and you care and you listen and we get to write the story with you. Bless our efforts on this journey to honor you and to build your kingdom here and now. And uh, draw us closer and closer to you each day. Pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, we've got a little bit of time. I'm gonna take about 10 minutes. What I want you to do is with the person next to you, uh, you get groups of two, three, four is a little long because we don't have that much time. I'm trying to protect the time. But two or three and take 10 minutes, three to four minutes each. And you need to share quickly the story that you chose, but then give at least one example of a, of a connection that you made to this mythic story, this epic story that you followed. All right. Share something that you learned. Remember, this is replacing a two to three page paper that you did not have to write today. I'm letting you do that verbally with your peers, okay? I'll wander around the room and yes, I'll be wandering around and listening because it's your final. I'm gonna wander around and listen, all right? But have a ball, take some time to share. I'll put on some music. Blessings.